Hey friends, welcome to Recovering with Danny. I'm your host, Danielle Van Kay, and this podcast is all about eating disorder recovery, being a single 30-something, navigating the dating scene, and going through, you know, an existential crisis or two. My goal as an eating disorder recovery coach is to help you start living the life you have always dreamt of. Welcome to the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode. Welcome to another day. Welcome to another day in paradise. As we speak, I'm looking outside of my window and the sky is freaking blue. Gotta love it. Love being in the south of France. Honestly, I wouldn't change it for the world. So um, I feel like this day, I'm not feeling like an intro. Um, some things are going on in my private life that I actually kind of am struggling with, to be quite honest. Um, and yeah, so we're just going to start off with the topic of today. And you know how these mantras, well, maybe you don't know, but I have created certain mantras for myself. Um, in that, well, basically when I was in recovery, I had to create mantras for myself because I had no guidance, no information, no books, no science, no nothing to go off of. Like I had no nothing. I like literally, there was no Instagram accounts. There was nothing that said, hey, you know, if you do recovery this way, then you're doing it well. So I had like literally no guidance. I had to do it all by myself. And in the hindsight, I made a few mistakes. And I will tell you my mistakes, but also my mantras. And I thought it's a nice little combo. You get like a little sandwich of two. So the mantras are, if you do it, then do it well. This is what I say to every client. What I mean by that, I, I probably have said this in a, I don't know, in a, in a podcast episode. But what I mean by that is literally, if you do something, then do it well. So if you eat a banana, then don't eat a half a banana. If you eat an apple, don't eat like, I don't know why I'm just saying fruits. But if you eat a fruit, don't eat half of a fruit or in half of an apple. If you eat a pizza, don't do half of a pizza. If you do it, then do it well. But what I also mean by that is, if you are eating pasta... A pasta dish and you have always as a child have eaten pasta with cheese then eat it with the damn cheese because you have to and that's the other mantra that I said to myself you have to start living the life you have always wanted to live like literally the introduction of my in like of my podcast so those things like literally write them down with me if you do it, then do it well. So if you drink your coffee, then drink it in the way that you would like it. So with the sugar, with the milk, with this, with that. So do everything well. This is so freaking important. And same thing for, like I said, with um, with the pasta. I always loved pasta with cheese. Like, come on, who doesn't love pasta with cheese? Unless you don't like cheese. But who doesn't like cheese to be, pff, I've never really met anyone who doesn't like cheese, but okay, fine. If you don't like it, you don't like it. And same thing. If you eat a piece of like very simple thing, okay, you have a birthday, there is pie and you're eating sort of like, you know what, we're going to get away with a small slice of pie. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're going to eat 
a normal piece of pie. And what is a normal piece of pie? Like just basically get the same pie, piece of pie that everyone gets. And if you want more, you eat more. But there needs to be a bare minimum. So if you do it, then do it well. That was my mantra during my recovery. Same thing with spreading like my sandwich with um, peanut butter, with whatever it was. I did it well. I didn't put like this thin layer of whatever it is on there. You know why this is so important? It's so important because of the following. What if like, I always give this example. What if uh, you eat, a, I don't know, a sandwich, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, like for a long time. And you go to a friend's house and they say, hey, by the way, I've made some sandwiches for us because I know you're going to be here for a long time, blah, blah, blah. We're on a road trip. You just like an example. And they put like a thick layer of peanut butter on there and a thick layer of jam. And you have eaten like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for a long time, but you've done it in like a with a layer that is so small, you can see the bread through it, you are going to freak out. So what if like, let's say someone cooks you pasta and they just put the cheese on there because they know that you like it, but you haven't done it yet. Guess what? Freak out moment. So I'm basically making sure that you're not going to have a freak out moment. So if you do it, then do it well. So the rewiring, the neural rewiring has to start immediately. So if you do something, do it well instantly. Don't wait for it. Don't wait. There's never going to be a moment where all the stars are going to be aligned. Everything feels like, oh my God, now it feels so okay. Same thing with the, this is the, basically it ties into the negotiation process stop negotiating or acknowledge the negotiating, but then say eating disorder, we're not going to listen to you. We're not by we, my eating disorder. I'd like, that's just, that's not the we we're talking about. We as in me, the healthy self, and let's say my coach or my therapist, uh, we're not going to negotiate or I am not going to negotiate with you. You can, you can also say, say it in the I form. So, for instance, you get a muffin and your your eating sort of brains like, you know what, that that glaze, um, gla- is it glazing? Glaze on the muffin, we can just scrape that off. No, if you've got sauce on something, you eat it with the sauce. You don't add for, ask for the sauce on the side. You just do it well. So if you eat a certain, like you get a dish and you can easily eat it, you don't leave a couple of crumbs. No, when you do it, then do it well. The thing is with an eating disorder, it's such a manipulative bitch and it's an irrational manipulative bitch because it will say, you know what? I, you can leave a couple of crumbs. You can leave a little bit of this or that. No, you can't. You can't. I'm sorry you can't because that is giving your eating sort of one finger and it will grab the entire hand. So if you do it, then do it well. Um, so yeah, those are very important things. Live the life you ultimately want to live. Same thing. If you are currently going to, I don't know, exercise quite a lot and you know in your future that that's just something that doesn't fit in your future life because... Maybe you have a full-time job and how can you do that when you have the full-time job? Don't do it. Don't like literally start living the life you ultimately want to live. Like literally start living, you know, for instance, I always, always wanted to have friends and being social. So, and I did this way too late and this ties into the things that I did wrong. I've always wanted to have friends, a social life, and I have the most amazing social life currently that it's actually hard to keep up with the people that I have uh, in Amsterdam actually not so much anymore for some reason due to certain cer- certain circumstances that are private 
But here in France, I have to decline invites because there's just so many. And, you know, I'm just one person when with with my social battery runs out at some point. And plus, I'm talking to people every single day with my work. So, you know, there's that. But I knew that I've always wanted to desperately have brothers and sisters as well. Well, guess what? I can't create them. Unfortunately, my mom and dad stopped making them at some point. So I had to find my friends. And what do you do with friends? you eat and you drink. So what did I eventually do? I started to eat and drink with my new friends. So, but this is where I made the mistake. So because I was so unwell during my eating disorder recovery, and this is during my all-in recovery due to Lyme disease, I was really unwell. Um, There was no, no Uber Eats or no ordering apps back then. My mom never ordered anyway. She's from the generation where that's not really a thing. And although we live in Amsterdam or lived in Amsterdam and we could have literally get gotten pizza around the corner, we never really did that. And we never ate out either. So I made a huge mistake there. Well, then, then again, it's kind of like it was kind of a self-imposed lockdown, you know, even though it wasn't COVID because like I said, I was just so ill. I was in so much pain. So I only ate at home. However, I never or rarely ate dishes made by anyone else except for my mom so or by myself so I made it for myself and my mom is very lazy when it comes to cooking so she honestly she never really wanted to do it so I was making a lot of my own meals and yeah that was not that great because at some point I started to eat out with friends my new friends I was like oh fuck this is actually I actually remember there was one instance where I had to eat um uh, dinner with my parents and with my stepmom and I freaked the fuck out obviously so because I always say it's, it's kind of like same mantra act as if it's not a thing but if you act as if it's a thing then it, it actually your brain thinks it's a thing so because I didn't do the damn thing my brain thought it was a thing do you get what I mean here <laughs> so I I I had to start acting as if eating out was not a thing And it eventually ended up not being a thing in my brain either. So that's the whole rewiring part as well. That's the other mantra, act as if it's not a thing. I've written so many Instagram posts about this. So many, I've I've said it in so many podcast episodes as well, um, that you have to act as if it's not a thing. Even if you feel emotionally and in a visceral way, it's like you have a visceral reaction of, oh my God, I'm so scared of this. Act as if it's not a thing. That's basically teaching your brain hey, you know what, brain, this is not a thing. It might actually feel like it, but you're just pretending that it's another thing. It works wonders. It works absolute wonders. So the other mistake I made was, and this was actually not during my all-in recovery journey, but this was a mistake I made. And I kind of touched upon it in the most recent episode about basically um, going to the gym and all those kinds of things. I, during my recovery, I still went to the gym. And I still exercised. I should have never done that because I started to realize when I couldn't go to the gym, I started to freak out. And it was such a shame because this was already months and months and months into my gym experience. Uh, Sorry, my gym experience, eating sort of experience, eating sort of recovery experience, having said that. Um, And yeah, it was just a shame because I, I I was doing things, honestly, 
according to what my gut feeling told me. But I was not really smart as to listening to whatever my gut feeling told me back then, because obviously I was kind of like ignoring the eating disorder voice saying, oh, yeah, but yeah, but you have to exercise. So that's a mistake I made. And I learned my lesson. I, you know, I, at, at some point I couldn't really, um, I mean, exercise anyway due to Lyme disease, but that's why like the gym was my crutch and because I got sick with Lyme and I was wheelchair bound within a year and I couldn't exercise that's how I relapsed in the first place and uh, yeah so exercising during my recovery personally has never been sustainable has never been in a healthy way uh, or used in a healthy way was always in a destructive way so yeah there's that the other mistake I made was getting complacent way too quickly. So um, what I mean by that is that when I, let me, let me rethink. I think it was about a year into my all-in recovery. I, like I said, I had no guidance. I did it all by myself and I um, started to crave a lot of like nutrient dense foods so uh we're talking about salads whole grains all the things and and this was me coming from a period of eating only like processed foods a lot now i made the mistake of thinking oh this is cool so i can only or i can just solely eat like nutrient dense foods so i started to eat a lot of fruits a lot of vegetables a lot of whole grains and a lot of those things And which is fine, but I always say to everyone, that should be the cherry on top. It shouldn't be instead of. And I started to do it instead of. And what I more so mean by that is I stopped eating the things that I craved prior to that so tremendously. So, for instance, I ate a lot of um, um, like cake, a lot of cookies, a lot of sugar, a lot of just anything processed and I stopped eating those things a lot like I would say I started to eat them I went from eating them daily to eating them on a monthly basis which was way too little way too little I started I had to you know implement them at least on a weekly basis if not on a daily basis so I started to get complacent way too quickly and I've learned I learned from that because when I started to eat those things again my eating disorder brain because I wasn't recovered yet it took me at least I would say one and a half to two years was like oh uh hold up um we are eating all these nutrient dense things so um, and I, I was having a moral value about that still clearly and uh so when i started to eat those sugary things again i was like freaking out kind of and i i was thankfully i was already so um far ahead in my in my journey in my recovery journey that i was like oh okay lesson learned i'm gonna implement those things on a weekly basis so Um, basically when you have a genetic predisposition for an eating disorder, I always say, make sure just to be safe, better safe than sorry to implement certain things that you had a moral value about in the past, like implement them literally on a weekly basis, because if you don't eat a certain thing, like if you act as if it's a thing, your brain, again, going back to the genetic predisposition, if you don't do a certain thing, your brain might actually think it's, it's a thing. And this is the difference between people without eating disorders and people with eating disorders or with a past with an eating disorder. Let's say if I don't eat a pizza now for, I don't know, a couple of months, it actually might become 
a bit of a fear again. I've never tried it because I, I've always eaten everything like literally all all year round. But I know from experience that um, I actually do have some experience or an example for that. I this is maybe a weird example, but I, I I'm pretty sure that I've shared this in 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 a podcast episode but i'll share it again so i've been doing um for the past few years i've been doing all these kinds of antibiotic ivs i've i've done a ozone iv therapy lately or recently which didn't do anything um and the ozone iv therapy was not as harsh so i could still drink some alcohol with it i didn't have to obey to a certain diet etc but during the other rounds of ivs and i did about three of them they're very strong and I couldn't drink alcohol at all, obviously, for obvious reasons. And considering I'm not an addict, that, that's fine. So I couldn't drink alcohol. Um, I did say to my doctor, I said, there's no way I'm going to cut out carbs or sugar or any of that. He said, yeah, you kind of like have to minimize your sugar. And I didn't do that, thankfully, but you know, there's that. Um, but he said, you can't, uh, you can't drink at all. I said, oh, absolutely no problem. So after those six to eight weeks of doing that IV, which is about two months, I had my first glass of wine. Guess what? I had a lot of, well, not a lot, but I had some anxiety. I felt a discomfort and I was like, this is weird. Again, I, I acted as if it was a thing. So I didn't drink because liquid calories were always the thing for me, of course, when I had an eating disorder. So when I started to drink wine again, my brain was probably going to that place of, oh, you're drinking liquid calories. Ooh, like that's a naughty thing. So that's just a simple example of basically if you're acting as if it's a thing, your brain thinks it's a thing. So those are, I would say, the major mistakes that I made and the mantras that I've used. So I hope you took out some pieces uh, of paper and a pen and wrote them down. I know there are not a many, but I didn't, in hindsight, I didn't make any as many mistakes, thankfully. And um, those were the biggest mantras So um, that I've used. I started to sit down and, and kind of like listen for myself. And I thought, what did I actually use? I am now teaching everyone eating disorder self versus healthy self. But back then that wasn't really a thing. So I basically said to myself, I'm not going to negotiate with that voice in my head. And I just called him Ed because to me, my eating disorder was always a him and it was, he was named Ed. So that's what I did. But yeah, it was just different days back then. Um, so I hope this helps in any shape or form. Let me definitely know. And I'm going to wrap it up here and I'll be here next week. Okay. Bye. Bye. Hey friend, thank you so much for listening. My goal is to help as many people as possible. And if this episode supported you in any way, the very best way to show your appreciation and support me is by screenshotting and sharing it on social media. And I would find it so cool if you could leave a review as well on any platform you're listening on. If you're looking for additional support, you can always reach me on Instagram at Danielle Thanke. See you here next week.